You know, there's a new character that people are excited about when the community responds with name options. Oh, name options. One of our members of the No Place team. Ah. The secret revealed. Dun, dun, dun. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin. mysterious today i'm always mysterious whether you know it or not (laughs) we have three comics to talk about today one digi two tangies seems like that's the pattern that we've got going lately that pattern will be disrupted dun 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 but today we have x-men unlimited number 127 x-force number 49 and rise of the powers of x number two right packs that's a great list isn't it it's real fun it's real mm-hmm. exciting and it's got some news along with it news 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 hey we got some new free must-have comics some Ooh. free comics that marvel's giving away in the next couple months you get a comic and you get a comic and you get a comic it has really nothing to do with x-men except for one miss marvel and oh. one that's kind of co-starring deadpool so why, it's like why are they doing this it's because they want you excited about these characters and stories okay it's it's miss marvel it's immortal thor issue two mm. and uh deadpool and spider-man issue i don't think that these are coming out for a free comic book day either they might be, but yeah, it's just a new program of them having a couple of classic issues. Two of them seemingly tied. Yeah, one of the the Miss Marvel from Mutant Menace. Ah, I think issue one. That's interesting. Right. They're just saying issue one is free. Yeah, reread it. Issue two of Immortal Thor, which I thought was strange. Huh. Again, nothing really to do with X Men, but you know, comic junkies. Notable information. First look of X-Men 97, the comic. Ooh. Ooh. We actually get to see the transformation of Storm's hair, mm. which is kind of like dividing the internet. The the Mohawk Storm rocked while wearing her 90s uniform. This is a combination of times that is not jiving with a lot of people. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, yeah. There's a wedding. A wedding? It's happening. Oh, Mystique and Destiny. Mystique and Destiny. It's a wedding that has happened already that, that either we has get it. to ski. We'll see, because I, I think the, maybe maybe that's what it is, the the secrets. I think that that is kind of what the text on the cover talks to, is the, the details behind. Right. But the image of the cover does have Kurt performing the rites of marriage with his little Bible in his hand mm. and his... You know, as we looks. know, yeah, the covers we are lies. can't trust the cover. The covers are, are there to excite you and get you talking on the internet. We had a whole Tony and Emma cover, and that had absolutely nothing to it do was, with their wedding at all. It was two all. covers. It was a, they got it was married a spread. in Vegas, it was and it was Hazel Kendall, not no one even was there. Emma, except for Phelong. Phelong was there. He so, wasn't even invited. You can't trust the cover. Yeah. Well, I just think it's also it's interesting because of who else is there, the fact that you have captain marvel watching as mystique and destiny are getting married and mm-hmm. you know captain marvel doesn't have the best history with mystique mm. yeah i mean from what i read i think i read it on the cover or either in this illicit text that it was like we're gonna show you how this happened because you didn't see it happen mm-hmm. but it already happened long ago mm. 
We'll see. The untold see. wedding of mystique and destiny. Yes. The untold. Untold. You know, it is soon to be told. What? X-Men Blood Hunt. Ooh, oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Four one-shots. In addition to the Wolverine miniseries that's tying into Blood Hunt as well, four one-shots, each centering a ex-lady, two of the exterminators on that mm-hmm. lineup. Do you remember who the four are? It is Magic. Yep. It is Psylocke. Mm-hmm. It is Laura Kinney. Wolverine. Yes, but she. it says Laura Kinney. It says Laura Kinney, the Wolverine. Okay, good. <laughs> and Jubilee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, uh, Jubilee was the one that I was calling for, and I was right. curious as to how we could have this event and not really seemingly tie anything into the X-Men, so mm. we're coming for you. Now all we need is Boom Boom and Dazzler. I feel like they have to show up somewhere, or they at least have to be in the starting ground. Yeah. Steve Fox is writing the Kanan one. Oh, cool. That's the only one that I remember the details of who's writing one. Stephanie Phillips is writing the Laura Kinney Wolverine Hey, hey look at you with the news. Look at me with the news. Pretty Chibir is writing Jubilee. Mm-hmm, cool. And Magic is written by Ashley Allen, who I do not know. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. A new name. But that cover by Rod Reese. Oh, my God, Rod oh. Reese. That's probably my oh. favorite of the four. I love Rod Reese so much. Glad to see the look still having mm-hmm. its time in the sun. Yes. Over a year later after still he was, relevant. Yeah, he was he was doubting it when he initially debuted it. Doubting that they would keep it. Personal news? Personal news. Two things. Last night I decided I'm I'm reframing cosplay on a budget to my make it work era. Ah. So it's very Tim Gunn of me, very Project Runway, very See what you have and make something magical out of it. But and, now transformed into some kind of affirmation of right, sorts. Right, right. And then I got told at PT on Friday, why don't you try to take more class? Why don't hey, you hey. try to take class this week and see how it goes, which is exciting and terrifying at the same time. But progress is being made. I was jumping onto things. I was jumping off of things. I... I will never like the agility ladder, and that's all I'm going to say. It is my arch nemesis and my worst nightmare. Well, but you hate running. And I hate, it's, like it's like basically agility run ladder. jumping. It's run jumping. Yeah, yeah, that's why I love it so much. It's, freaking, it's like Spider-Man training. Ugh. I'm like, then literally there was a girl who was at PT. Obviously, there are other people at PT at the same time as me. Okay. And there was this younger girl who I think was a teenager, and she was there with her mother. I'm assuming these things. And she was doing, like, she was sitting and standing with a weight. And I was going back and forth on the agility ladder. And literally, she, like, looked at one of the PAs. And she was talking about me on the agility ladder. And the PA was like, well, she's on level three. So, like, when you do it, it's not going to be that intense. (laughs) And I was like, oh, because I'm dying. I'm sweating. My face is the color of a tomato. And I feel like the world is ending. I feel like she needs a doctor. (laughs) Can I not do that? I have school later. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) sad. Sit down, child. But, yeah, it was good. I, I like that I'm being pushed and that I can push myself, but it's still it's still scary. Yeah. It's mentally difficult to like get past the idea that it's going to hurt or the fear of like ruining it, you know? Mm, mm, mm. It's interesting. What about you? Personal news. So we live 
nearby some water. Mm, yes, we do. And there is a dock mm-hmm. in the summer. And in the winter, they take that dock out of the water. They stack the pieces of the dock in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And I walk to this area very frequently, probably like once a day or so. Mm-hmm. And I saw like a couple weeks ago, I saw this guy with his kid. They're kind of like on the dock pieces in somewhat of a parkour, like <laughs> course obstacle type thing. Mm-hmm. And so ever since I saw that, every time I go to this area, I run the course. You know, right, like, right. like I have a course in my mind. But on Friday, I spent a solid like half hour. Oh, my God. Just testing out new moves adult playground oh my gosh it that's exactly what it was (laughs) and i had the most fun i had my earpods on i had not airpods because they'd fall out it was going too quick i had the ones that like stick into my ear and hook around the sides and just jumping through stuff balancing on sides like doing a little zigzag with my feet I was, and then I ran home. <laughs> like, I was so jacked up. I was like, yes. And then great. I ran home. <laughs> I like, pumped my hands in the sky. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm I feel like I'm a superhero. I'm so happy that you're having so much fun with that. It is amazing. We have a poll. A poll. Two comics in mm. said poll. Mm-hmm. They sit in front of you. Indeed they do. Which one? What was the percentage? Rise. One. You so intentionally don't want to say rot box. I the don't. way that you like make sure you find your words <laughs> and I'm stare me down as you do it. it. I'm not saying rot box. I have that. I have, I have that. I have that recorded. Oh my gosh. Um. Okay. So rise won, and it won. It was. 78%. 79. Wow. Yeah, right? That was good. Okay. Ooh, good job, Alicia. Yeah, Ooh. 21 for X-Force. It's pretty solid. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Are you ready to talk X-Men Unlimited? Let's talk about it. This epic standoff. The battle continues. Right? I thought that the, the way that these... You're in a different medium, so you're mm-hmm. adapting. And so, you know, we talk about how Phil has... Philip Sevy has been... He has previously said on Instagram that he is doing it on traditional paper, Mm. traditional boards, right? And to see, especially at the start, the way that you have your your one, your heroes on the left side of the frame, Mm -hmm. your villains on the right, and the way that that feels as yeah, you're scrolling it like through it it just felt like back yeah, and forth. it felt like it built this epic energy at the start this standoff that then just the entire issue is playing through that battle mm-hmm. all out action I, I have to tell you i kind of feel sad for absalom he just really wants to die i love absalom you honestly know? like it made me Want to know more about this character. And then the reveal that they're working with Celine because she's promising them some sort of ascension and the idea that he just wants to, he doesn't want to be immortal anymore. And yeah. so I just want to he's die. just like, okay, well, she, I'm doing whatever she said because she said I could die after this. So that's just such a heart-wrenching yeah, it's, realization. It's philosophical poetry. It's, it's right. torment. Meanwhile, you have his partner in crime not wanting anything to do with it and just like, ha, 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 I am evil. We gave the kids to Celine. She probably already ate them. Yeah, it's too, it's too bad. <laughs> the kids are already gone. We out. Yeah. And they go to not Celine, but a healer of sorts, it seems. Like whoever is, they're calling to some other external to transport them out of there because... Absalom needs to be healed. 
The day's events call us away, Captain, and call you mortals to hell. Saul, hear us, old man. Summon us home. Yeah. Yes. Saul. Good old Saul. <laughs> this is a ton of fun. It made me really like Absalom yeah. as a concept. You know, you think of Marrow and mm-hmm. you think of John Ironfire. And then you look at this guy and you're like, okay, I, yeah. And, yeah. And you live forever and you're, you're doing – and you have this like deep brooding – soul that yeah. like, you're tormented by this longevity of life that you have and it also just plays another layer in why would the externals be working with Celine you know right, right like what is their motivation and so there is something that they can get out of it because obviously that's the question right like what are you getting from this exchange if Celine's getting everything she wants what are you getting and they have this theoretical ascension <laughs> right right whether Celine I love the the I think it's Betsy who's like, Celine only cares about Celine. Right. So she may have promised you something, but do you really think she's going to give it to you? Yeah. Are you actually going to get exactly what you've been promised? Mm. And is it going to pan out for you long term? Probs not. Probs not, buddy. Sorry. Sorry. This was written by the Steves. The Steves. Orlando Steve, and Fox. Steve Fox and Steve Orlando. Art by Phil Sevy. Colors, Yen Nitro. Letters, Travis Lanham. This is Travis Lanham. What'd you think? I thought it was fun. I really am enjoying this issue a lot, or mm. this series This a series, lot. yeah, right, this I, story. Yeah. I really was like into the epicness of the, the battle. The, the scrolling built with the tension of the moment, which was really nice. And then also to get a little bit more depth of character out of the fighting was yeah. interesting to to learn the layers, to see the reveal of Celine. And so we're getting this battle and we're still having a conversation while we're fighting. And we as readers are learning so much through this moment. I thought that was really well done. There's a lot of big ideas here. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I think I bring this up a lot and I, I know... X-Men Unlimited is part of the strategy to get folks subscribed to Marvel Unlimited. Mm-hmm. So I understand that that comes with an investment, mm-hmm. and that's why this story is put here. But I think just with the amount of concepts here, with the X-Corp, with Danny, with this trio, with Thunderbird, with with all of this, this could have been a miniseries. This could have been a big, fleshed-out book. This could have been a physical, awesome book in my hands. I just, you know, and and I know it, it's like the give and take of we want the unlimited to be as good as, if not, you know, it just in communication in part with mm-hmm. the larger story. And then when it does, it's like, wow, man, this could, this could be more, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like finding that sweet spot of, yeah, but they're still here. giving you, I think, the same amount of story that they would give you if it sure. was a mini. They're just doing it in smaller chunks. Yeah, microdosing you your comics. Yeah. All right, that's fine. <laughs> Mutant and Goth questions Richter having, quote-unquote, unwittingly killed a bunch of externals. So that was a little mm, footnote in yes. this scroller. That is referring back to the build-up to Ten of Swords. So it was actually Apocalypse's plan, mm-hmm. his ritual, his goings-on to sacrifice these mutant bones to build the external gate that would give them the ability to cross over and confront and, and meet with Araco. And if I remember correctly, Araki. during that time, Richter was kind of like subdued, alone, and sad, and Apocalypse kind of like Beforehand. manipulated him yeah. and, and pulled him out of that and was like, 
I'm giving you the strength again to be who you are, but you have to do Come these things for me. Be a druid. Right. Get your groove back. Right. You might even get your boyfriend back, you know. <laughs> For my, happen. Yeah, learn some magic. It'll be cool. <laughs> also, might have to kill some people. You just have to do whatever. my bidding, but it's fine. Right. Furious, this hip-hop sommelier, pointing out this unlikely UK lineup that continues to be mildly fun to see together. I think the recent Firestar story worked really well in this digital format. There was a real tension to it, an intimacy with the Cold War and Judas narrative. Mm. To have the traditional skirmishes in this format is less interesting and in, in kind of like, is this format changing how it's delivered, how it's experienced, right? Versus the, the big wide spreads that you would get in a mm. printed book. I wish Absalom's lines about the empty directionlessness of immortality were the whole story. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, I, I really was like, there's juice in this. Yeah, you could, for real. You could get into this guy's story and I would love it. Yeah. Also, Shatterstar on a completely different note has a line about like, yeah, like two on one. <laughs> and he's like, well, I don't know. I had some fun times like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's cheeky. It's fun. It's, it's everywhere. It's good. It's good. The Gene Queens think it's great to read stories that Richter and Shatterstar are both a part of for the innuendo. Mm. I've enjoyed many nights with such odds. Cracked us up. <laughs> it also made us wonder why he'd tell Betsy that. She, she probably has heard the brain noise from those nights at some point. Like she reads his thoughts. Oh, gotcha. And hears the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the thoughts surrounding such nights. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I feel like Shatterstar just like he, he has he, no social yeah, cues, right? He has no he was, filter. He was bred to be a warrior on this crazy weird planet, the yeah. Mojo Verse, and he's just finding his groove with his friends. But we love it. Mm-hmm. X Force. X Force. To our Tangi. Ooh. Our first Tangi. X Force number forty-nine. Blasting from the past. It's a classic cover trope. That gets a handful of shout outs in the title page. You know, when they do an after credit, like they'll, this is homaging a style that has been done mm. repeatedly. So yes. it says in the title page after this, these many people. Got it. Understood. Here we go. Page turn noise. Immediate action. Yeah. Speaking of busting through. We got our bad beastie stealing tech in a couple of kind of silent pages, just giving mm -hmm. you the action adventure of the book. I love a good spread that lets the art do the talking. You can really just pause and take every panel in. Right. You know, it's it's candy for the brain. Mm -hmm. it, it's just flooding your senses of this visual story, this momentum as Beast is just demolishing this base and taking what he needs. Right. And we don't need anything else. We just need to see the utter destruction and then him jump off the dock into the ocean and bring us straight to our t -t -t title page. Target Beast Part 2. We need to talk about Beast. Written by Ben Percy, art by Robert Gill, colors guru EFX, letters Joe Caramagna. This is Joe Caramagna. Daniel Acuna on the cover. Logan and Sage talk about bees. That's what they need to, you know, it's, it sets it up and then boom, there's that line. Here's the thing. This is such a deep conversation yeah. because Sage is saying, you know, like just because 
the beast that we have brought to life has the potential and has the same DNA. Has like, it doesn't, within him. Doesn't make that who he is going to be. And All Wolverine is very against that. And Sage is like, so I'm just always an alcoholic and you're just always Weapon X. Right. And I was like, oh, snap. It, it, it's a softening of the line that she said last issue, mm-hmm. which this makes it feel like it carries so much more weight because they're actually dissecting this. It's almost as though Ben had this idea and he's like, no, I can't. I can't wait. I can't wait. I want to yeah, yeah. preview it here in this slam. And, and it hit Wolverine the first time and it should, right? Like it's, it's this, it's interesting because Wolverine became Weapon X by the manipulation of an outside force. Right. Beast became War Beast or Criminal Beast, whatever you want to refer right. to him as, because, you know, he was left alone to save the world for too long. Right. And, and, but I think Sage's representation of herself in yes. that moment yes. is the most parallel to Beast in that, like, circumstances in her life led her to, the stress to of, use yeah. alcohol as an outlet to, to become, become an alcoholic. And then she saw, you know, a need for a change in herself and made that change. And so there's always potential that something will trigger her and she could fall back into that. But the idea that she's made a conscious effort to make this change and move forward in a different direction is one thing. And I think the other thing too is like what I'm sort of annoyed at the team about in this issue is they're not really taking into consideration the fact that they brought this beast back from – so this this new beast, the the good beast, quotes Bouncing air quotes, beast. is like out of their element. They don't know where they are. They're just trusting this. Right. And They've then never seen technology like right. this. Right, and then they're being held captive. Like, of course they're going to try to escape, and, wouldn't you? And, and said that they're going to be murdered. Right, but not everybody knows that Black Tom said that to him, right? But like, so just looking at it from the outside perspective of like, you brought him back to life and put him in a cage. If you got brought back to life and were put in a cage, like how do you know you can trust those people? And so I feel like they're a little bit, they're just scarred by what, you know, our current version of Beast has done to them, that right. they're not really thinking through where this, right, where this Beast is. Yep. They're just going crazy about it. Yeah, but I mean, tensions are high, right? Mm-hmm. I I'm not excusing what they're doing, but I'm understanding the fact that they now also feel responsible for what they've done in a way that doesn't feel like they want to, they don't want it to be what it's going to be. They wanted it to be what they needed it to be. They wanted it to be a beast consultant. Right. Of course. Of course. But if you wanted it to be a beast consultant, you don't immediately put him in a jail cell. Sure, 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 sure. You know, like that's. And so now that that beast is free, we get another silent movie spread. My favorite pages. And Bouncing uh, Blue. Just this feels like the classic beast. The smile at the end of that first page. <laughs> it, I just I love it. It fills my heart with joy. <laughs> he's, he's, he's also doing some breaking and entering. But we're not going to find out quite yet who he's talking to. Right. Tech Brains. Are they are they teaming up? Has he already reached Bad Beast? Are they working together to find this bomb or, or whatever it is they're building? Mm. Suspicions and laying the groundwork. And speaking of laying the groundwork. Yeah, a little voiceover and uh, a build of a machine. What are you building in the depths of the ocean? A black hole gun gets revealed at the end of the issue, something after Forge's design to 
pocket away Araco. I am not happy about this, nor do I feel good about where this is going. Like, where did it come from? <laughs> like, yeah. like, is it just... Was this always he brewing has in the to back have been of his working mind? on this for a long time? I don't think you can just like steal one more component and just quickly put a black hole gun together. Sure, 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 know. sure. Yeah, I mean, if it's after Forge's design, I'm, I'm thinking the when Mystique went to. I believe that's referencing when we see Mystique in X Men number six by Hickman using. Or, or planning to use a black hole detonation bomb mm. before Nimrod comes online and then failing. And that was, you know, why mm. they said, eh, sorry, she's not coming back. I don't know. Black holes just make me think about Zorn. Even though I know it's not happening, I know he's not coming back. I still have that moment in my mind when Zorn and Rasputin disappear into a black hole. Yes. Yes. It sticks yep. out. Yes. Yes. But it doesn't matter, okay? Because it's not going to happen, Alicia. So get over it. <laughs> <laughs> This uh, reflective X Force. Mm, we, yeah. we we haven't gotten it all right. We're you not know? doing a great job. Let's We're, do better. You know, is, is this is this Ben? <laughs> is this no? Is this reflective? I don't of, think he's no, talking just, about himself. I'm just kidding. I think he's the team is you know acknowledging that they they don't always think things through fully or communicate fully as a team or have a solid plan. And they still have their head and their heart in a different way, which I really like. The head and the fist, That's which what, has yes. always been the metaphor that Ben has been telling yes. in this story, right? Beast being the head, Logan being the fist. But now the head and the fist are in communication with each other. They're working okay. together for I did the same a, thing. 100 oops. What? The head and the heart is a hundred thing. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Oopsies. Anyway, they're going. Bruisers, not losers, Quentin. You're staying home. So mean, Black Tom. Also, you just called yourself a loser, man. I mean, he knows. He knows what he's working with. Back to Beast and the Wonder Man welcome. I mean, these are an interesting few pages where the the new Beast is re-acclimating himself with an old friend. And they're both kind of learning where the other stands. Wonder Man is not violent anymore and doesn't like to to knock people around which is an odd thing to still be wearing your super suit sure if right. you're not interested in that kind of he, life he put it on because he saw that there was someone breaking into his apartment that's why uh-huh uh it's interesting warline points out the continuity discrepancy within this the fact that wonder man is no longer fighting and that comes from a time where he recently so it's like a couple years before krakoa uh, where he had been in communication with Beast. So it's not as long back. It hasn't been as long for Simon as it seems to be written here. Mm. The fact that you're kind of choosing one element of that story and ignoring the other, the fact that they were in collaboration for a period of time around that time. Yes, but this Beast doesn't know that. Right, right. But this Wonder Man should. And that's why, like, it's odd that he's reacting to, like, old dearest friend. Like, it's just, it's been so long. It hasn't actually been that long. Like, the, the fact that he says it's just, it's been so long. Yeah. I mean, it's been a couple years, I think. Right. Right? But not like, I don't know. That's, that's yeah. not the vibe that I'm getting from it. And that, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. It doesn't seem like it's like, oh, it's been a couple years. It feels right. like it's been decades. Right. Kind of vibe. Yeah. Then we get an evil villain monologue. Leaving a legacy of destruction. What are you building? 
what are you talking about? Orcus's plans, what they've tried to do and how it hasn't worked out. They've gone from the first part to the second part, getting a little up update with uh, Genesis on the Orcus Phobos base. I think mm. that was cool. Yes. All there was just like two two things that popped into my head, two songs. So you know there's like that like thinking and hoping and wishing, you know, that mm-hmm. song. I was just like, We're plotting and scheming and building and hoping and then it transitions into be prepared and he says that one day people will see me for the wonder i am (laughs) and that's (laughs) exactly like what beast is like he's like one day they're gonna realize that i'm amazing yeah and everyone will look back on this time and say be saved us beast was right but i don't think that's true my friend we need we need a shirt that says beast was right no but it's it's x'd out i'm not gonna even make it (laughs) It can't happen. <laughs> I know how to use Canva. <laughs> uh, so basically, we have Bad Beast underwater doing his thing. We have Good Beast and his friend plotting to find out where Bad Beast is and go you, find him. Using that brain power, even with limited tech. And then we've got the X-Force team also on a mission to kill to go find him and and take out they look like they're about to shoot him down as wonder man and beast are stealing this boat yeah and this is where i get like a little this is what i was saying i feel like the they've given him no shot the directive from sage is just take him out like kill him immediately and i understand that she feels a sense of responsibility for having been the one to have kept this clone body and then now they've brought him to life and then he's escaped and he's out in the world and it seems to them that they're the beasts are plotting together but i just feel like they're not giving any thought to the situation that this version of beast is in or what he's trying to do like that he has an ability to see the wrong in front of him and take a choice right that would actually benefit the team it's almost like the the bit about not getting it right right they're still not yeah, quite right, getting right, right. it right beast is still on the team right right but they don't know that and they're i just feel like they're so traumatized by where they've been so far that they're just jumping straight to a conclusion and they're just going to take out this beast which concerns me yeah yeah violent answers is our krakoan oh geez what'd you think I enjoyed this issue. I thought it did a good job of balancing the three-point story we have. We have Good Beast, we have Bad Beast, we have X-Force. We're getting to see them all strategize and take their own path. And then we just have the tip of the action to where it all comes together. I love a good moment where we let the art shine. And the art in this issue is gorgeous. Shout out to Robert Gill and Guru EFX. I'm a little concerned about how it's going to wrap up. Is there only one more issue of X-Force? yes. To feel this whole story, the takedown of one or both beasts and the fate of the black hole gun feels like a lot to get done in one issue. So I'll be interested to see how that plays out. But honestly, overall, I enjoyed reading this issue. It was well paced and I don't feel like every comic I read has to be life changing. So like, I thought this was a great issue. Yeah, that was good. Definitely wasn't life changing. Right. But and I don't think it needed to be. But at the same time. It's it's interesting what you're talking about the one issue left limited mm. runway for a, a big plane to land and right. I feel like that how many times have I said that about how plots end in this title it's just right? interesting that Zeno to introduce a black hole gun one issue before the Mikhail. end is it's either in my mind there's either going to be two things there's going to be like a quick like 
deconstruction or dis- like Stand destruction up. of this gun so that it cannot function mm-hmm. or it's going to fire and whatever happens is going to be left to be resolved in another story because i just feel like how can you have a weapon of that much power yeah. and have it go off and then solve the problem that it causes by going off i mean in so, one issue so the my heart is crying realizing this but how do you reconcile Arako going forward no don't you i literally will flip this table if you say he's just gonna black hole Arako and that's the end of it where does storm go she's not there what about sunfire sunfire no, can she... easily be sun uh sunspot? What about sunspot sunspot can easily be written to have been someplace else what about sen yeah what about cora cora i, I know I, what about Kobok? Yep. No. Sure, right? Literally can't take it. Don't even say those things out loud. We're not just going to destroy Araco. You have to prepare for all the potential options. I have or to do nothing. All right, then be turned upside down when it happens. Ugh. I love how genuine and scared Bouncy Beast is. He's just the best. And, and the energy that Robert Gill captures in those pages of him on the rooftop, the smirk, the agility, the stealth, it, it's spot on. This is pure setup for the final issue. It just puts all the pieces in place. It feels really reflective of the whole run. Mm. The team coming together, reflecting on how they've bumbled in the past, but still in their brain and fist divide. War Beast still believing what he's doing. This mentality that's allegedly driven his actions all era to protect the most mutants possible. Mm. Right? That's always been what he's doing. How do I? How do I take things too far and avoid giving other people autonomy and lives to themselves and take over and manipulate an entire government and use it to weaponize technology and i don't know i'm rambling (laughs) but yeah it was good gene queen's wondering isn't it too on the nose to have a forgotten character in wonder man be an out-of-work actor in hollywood there was so much irony in the issue around beast and wonder man i thought the book smelled ferris we also love the idea of the Himalayan treehouse functioning like the Daily Grind and Friends. Wolverine and Sage mm-hmm. were very Ross and Monica in their chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew you would funny. love that for Friends references. Yeah, yes. that was good. Yes. And I, you know, Wonder Man and especially just how taken aback. Like, I don't I don't keep up with Wonder Man. So mm-hmm. all of this is new information to me. The pacifism, the... You know, not having kept up in communication with Beast and but yeah, he just he looks so like, wait, what? I don't I don't know. <laughs> Comic Extracts loves Beast jumping around like the beast he remembers. He's a superhero. I like this beast with mm. hearts. Well, I mean, Sage just said to kill him, so I don't know how we, <laughs> you probably shouldn't get too attached. I feel like this has to be the one that sticks around. I mean, does it? Yeah, you're not going to not have Beast, and you can't redeem the guy underwater. Okay. Vitorino loved the panels of Good Guy Beast in a trench coat. 
and hat parkouring through the city. Huh. Gave me real Gargoyles vibes. Oh which, my God, yeah. Gargoyles, let's go. Also, that scene where they steal the boat is interesting to me. Good Guy Beast is all, how did I go so far? Gone. But then immediately justifies stealing a boat for the greater good. It's the same rationale Bad Guy Beast uses, but in its infancy, right? Well, yes, and I would say that I feel like get out of your car, I need this for police work is kind of like a superhero thing. You know, like I'm borrowing this vehicle because I need it is different than I'm I'm doing genetic experiments because one day there might be someone who attacks us, right? Baby steps, you know? (laughs) I hear you, but also I I think every superhero has commandeered a vehicle at least once. Sure, but I think seeing it in light of how Beast always acts – I need to do what needs to be done. I'm the only one that can do this ridiculous thing that needs to be done to safeguard as many people as possible. I need to go back in time and bring the original people. I need to be the one that solves all the energy loss from No More Mutants. Mm-hmm. I need to be the one that fixes the legacy virus. You know, like it's it's the hubris. It's the I need to do this regardless of what anybody or laws or yeah. Things and, and I agree that it's nowhere close to where Bad Guy Beast is, to borrow the, the distinction, but it's ironic to see it in yes. its infancy as, yeah. as Vaderino states. Yeah. Warline continuing off of the the continuity confusion or, or cherry pick at least as he calls it, where did the destroy Araco come from and why is Beast all of a sudden recording a message? Most likely for his younger self or, or just someone else I think to he's, find it. It's because he believes that people will look back on this history as a hero, right? And yeah. be like, oh my God, Beast is amazing. So he's documenting what he's doing for future generations mutants right? to learn about his greatness. And to save Araco. Right. And I think Orcus always, I mean, it, it does make sense. If you're going to send all the mutants to Araco, then you hope that Araco is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the plan because you're not sending them there for safety. You're right. sending them there because you want them destroyed, but you don't want to be the one to do the dirty work. So they were hoping that they would destroy each they other. They would destroy each other. And so, since that didn't happen, but like, why, why is Beast going to be the one to do it he's not going to destroy them the black hole gun would put them into a black hole it would remove them from play essentially so that they are safe from and then he would begin his work against the human in, in earnest is what and he so he's about. just say you know what i'm going to decide what's best for you you deserve to be in a black hole What we were just talking about right regardless of what you want for your greater good i am going to put you in a black hole so i can actually go forward and annihilate the humans Boo. or, or do something that prevents them from killing the mutants terrible idea beast right <laughs> it, he's villain monologuing Right? Oh, yeah, for it's, sure. And it's also, you know, the narrative benefit to the reader that you now have these caption boxes that right. rather than even though you could just do that as internal monologue. Right. It's it's just he's writing his own data pages. Of course. Are you ready for the brain explosions? The the confusion whirlwind that is Rotbox number two? I'm not sure. But we might as well get into it. Are you ready for new options for what we call that version of Doug? I don't... I can't... No. Do you want to discuss what happened in the reveal of that when you were reading it? I just... It was so split-second, like, wait, what? First, I have to say that 
for Patreon, I've been doing this thing the last few weeks where I record myself reading comics and like clip together my reactions. And I just like sat on the couch and started reading this one. And then like halfway through, I was like, dang, I should have recorded this because I had so many just like out loud. What? Excuse me? Huh? And in that moment was one of them. And so I'm sorry that y'all don't get to witness that firsthand, but I will try to remember for next time. But (laughs) (laughs) our Patreon episodes to to go off of that have been more focused on big picture concepts. Mm. It's it's changed in how we do them. Yes. I think we've talked about it recently, but we do have one that was a suggestion from the Gene Queens mm. about data pages and, mm. and talking about what makes a quality data page versus what does not. Mm. And I think this issue is a really good example, and, and even last issue, really great examples of good data pages that yeah. give a lot of information. And, and frustrate you with too redacted. overwhelming, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Because that's always a thing. But we'll probably get into that this week on the Patreon. Or this other idea that I have. Oh, ah! geez, Louise. All right, let's get into this issue. Page turn. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Let's talk about that cover. Okay. First of all, whoa, oh whoa, whoa. Oh, Turning pages. So sorry. Rasputin 4. She's killing slicing it. Slicing through. Slicing through the Sentinels. The soldier, the warrior throughout time. This manipulated tool of mutant excellence. I love her. I love her, but it, it's a it's a sad narrative that gets revealed of just how many times she is manipulated, especially always, with like, constantly with Omega levels. Which is why why are you trusting Charles Xavier? I'll never understand. It's the great X. The Blech. great X looked upon you with the blue eyes of the Lord that is the great X. Yuck! All right, flip the page. Flip the page. Page noise. Just watching Moira's. Tenth life, just it's, watching. It's interesting to get this perspective of the like mundaneness of Moira's life. How sh- how many details she remembers for each go through, and sure. just like to do it the same she's way. She's just like, I'm just gonna do this so I can go here and get my powers and yep, blah right, blah. Right. blah. This is the way it has to be done. And Enigma's like, but maybe I shall show her another way. She thinks this is the only option. She hasn't tried this. This collaboration between her charles and magneto that Mm. forms krakoa but i will offer her an option she hasn't tried the connection that this expands between essex moira destiny even xavier you know we had been talking about how moira and destiny are opposite sides of a coin similar in the same way that Xavier and Magneto have been compared, mm-hmm. right? You have someone that f- sees the future and someone that has experienced vast pasts and, and mm-hmm. that are giving each other problems with their abilities and with their rights to live, right? And then now you have Essex coming in as this uncontrollable force, potentially the force that we're on the bench talking about in issue one that makes right, right? But are right? we or are we not because he's saying know. i'll give her another way and so is he saying i'm gonna change the course of this timeline or there's going to be another timeline i don't know exactly no one knows no one knows we still got a couple more issues we still got x-men Ooh. forever we, we we are nowhere near answering that question so we're getting now this like overview this idea of how enigma can see people in different points of time it's very reminiscent in my mind to or i guess like parallel in my mind to the idea of when 
the TVA is showing Loki sure. the movie of his life. Yeah. And it's kind of like Enigma sort of like fast forwarding and rewinding through different points in time to kind of get a scope and a sense of each of these people. Because you have to imagine that he didn't spend his entirety outside of space and time observing all of the X-Men. But now, since Watching they are them closely, a threat right, to, them, right. to because him. Because they're trying to take him down. He especially needs to, yeah, analyze them. Especially these three mutants in particular, Cyclops, Jean Grey, and Xavier. That pesky Xavier. Where right? could he be? I love these peeks into their stories, the, the kind of full look at their lives up to what you would call now the war that we're seeing in Fathox. Mm-hmm. All the X-Men fighting, the, the beautiful shadow cat shot through mm-hmm. the sentinel yeah. head. But where are you, Xavier, you annoying little man? You That blasted Charles Xavier. Yeah. It's just on this page, Enigma is reading Immortal X-Men right now. <laughs> right? He is seeing what Charles does up until that point. He's seeing him walk into this void this no place but he doesn't know that he has a sinister in his head talking to him giving him the insight that he had developed the the back doors into this no place which i assume was crafted by sinister or at least led to some building i don't know maybe a collaboration because of how enigma can't see it and this is this bottom left corner panel was when he walked out into the ocean right. in well, Immortal X-Men. If a no place exists outside time and space, and as does Enigma, I would imagine you can't see anybody else's outside. Right, right. That's right, the, the whole threads, right, right, as we get in later, which is confusing, but also builds into this idea. The, the fact that he is, like, prepping an insult from Xavier's childhood, mm. this back and forth between Charles and... Kane, mm-hmm. I love it. It's so petty. He's it's ready. So, it's so petty, and and like to to involve the Marcos too in this story right. and how that all the oh my god he's I, doing his homework. Kieran's doing crazy work. Yes, which takes us now to our title page: the rise of the powers of X out of space. Written by Kieran Gillen, art by R.B. Silva, colors David Curiel, letters Clayton Coles. He sees Clayton Coles. Interior on the exterior. No place X. You know, talk about there's nothing there. Nowhere, kind of. I love this opening description. It sent my mind on a trip. This as close to nowhere as science can allow. Mm. What this idea is trying to develop in your mind as, as where they are. Especially thinking about how this works in relation to what we've read so far, where these characters are all coming from, and how this interacts with dead X-Men. This reach of enigma. Even Mother Righteous is giving up. What? No. This, I was like, what? Mother Righteous? Mother Righteous? So she's here, but she's... She's here, but she's in the White Hot Room, so she's not really in the White Hot Room. She's here in a bubble. How'd she get here in this bubble? What is happening? Why is she here? What? Right. So we saw in Immortal X-Men that she had created a homunculus, Mm -hmm. uh, another version of herself to be like a puppet that she could send into the White Hot Room. That's what we had seen all along that was interacting with the mutants there. And apparently no Team X, you know, or no place team. I don't know what I'm calling them. 
they captured Mother Righteous and have now been holding her against her will as a communication device with the White Hot Room. Right. She's just a radio, as Doug points out I a little love bit it. later. Oh, he's so savage with it, too. Yes. Aye, aye, aye. He's so sinister with it. Let's talk about this data page. I mean, the data page... Hmm. Let's talk Ooh, about it. That's a lot. The data page is good in terms of giving you the lay of the land of what's happening in the no place and what everybody's roles are. Right. However, it's throwing in your face that there's still someone else that you don't know. Sure. Yeah. Well, it, someone else that you don't know that is involved with Mother Righteous, but also a plan that you don't know. There's there's a long-term, long shot that is discussed at several points in this issue that we have no idea what it is. And also, I would just like to say that my brain has taken the arachno sentinels yes. and just thrown them out the window. Yes. I can't I'm like I don't I don't Where did you come from? No thank you. What are you? Get out of <laughs> There's here. There's too much for me what? here. I can't have any of Stop it. Stop it. A little brief recap of who Enigma is. I loved that. It, it, honestly, this page was like, "Oh, you, you got here and you don't know where you are? Here, just Let read me this help page." You. Here is a roster Little team lineup. We got our pilot, Doug, our navigator, Rachel, our radio, Mother Righteous, our warrior, Rasputin, and our manipulator, Charles. And also a TBD person. Right. Well, the, the TBD person being the assistance. Yes. From, yeah. The person that constructed whatever the egg is, which is interesting because they did mention there were five people as part of this team, right? Five people outside of Xavier, potentially. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's, that's true. Interesting. Ay, ay, ay. But also this this map, this time map, did nothing for me. I don't, it doesn't <laughs> like, mean anything because you're outside time and space. So what is the point of a time map? There's no well, point. It so, doesn't matter. So I do believe that these these yellow lines are meant to symbolize the tendrils that they're using as anchor points to our world, the 616, but then also the previous lives of the moiras in the moira machine right but then you have all these arachno sentinels making a web across that one line like what does it mean what it means is enigma became aware of what was out there i don't know if he developed the arachno it seems like he did sentinels or he you know he heard about them found them somewhere or and then he brought them over here to basically be his security guards in case something materialized in reality. If something popped up that he needed to go and attend to. Ay, ay, ay. There's just so many lies. There's so many lies. There's, There's so many layers lies. of lies. We're going to just, and I can't, ooh, I cannot wait for Rachel to find out Rachel that she and is being Rasputin. lied to. Yeah. Like, but Rasputin knows that Charles wants to do more than just talk to Moira. But there is something that Rasputin doesn't even know that we get into later on. Yeah. Yeah. Woof. But like, and everybody, nobody knows. Nobody knows about Doug. Sure. Nobody knows about Doug except for Xavier, which is probably the part that Mother Righteous doesn't know. And what they also don't seem to have any belief in is that they can actually beat Enigma. It's like, Mother Righteous is like, he's outside time and space. There's nothing you can do. Anything you do, he's there. But, 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 Rasputin, the way that she brings up 
why would he have guards right, out? Right. Why would he have protection if there's nothing we can do? Like, he's scared there's something valuable there that he's protecting. Unless so, it's a trap. Uh, I just, right? I, I think right? that sure. she's right. I think that she's... Oh, yeah, he's got to have something. Right. You know, and, and that's... Even just the hunt for it is what's driving us currently. We get another savage line from Doug where he's like, why don't we just kill baby, baby Moira? Like, just yes. go to the nursery and take her out. Yes. Doug wants to kill a baby. We have our dead X-Men tie-in and later a complete setup for, which is really narratively fun, how well these two series are in communication yes. with each other yeah. and fleshing out the conversation of the space that we're building. It's nice to kind of see the back end of it now. Like right. you see Rachel's side of the story from this perspective. Yeah. Can they actually do anything or is this vision outside all unbeatable? Doug laying down the facts of all possibilities and the size of this threat. Mm-hmm. As we check in with hope through yeah. the radio. Oh my God. Okay. First of all, hope just like constructing a gun out of nothing. Yeah. is just, Hope, amazing. But I also like the, the nod of like, oh, you mean aside from the one that she had with her at the gala? Like, of course she's got a gun holstered under her dress. Obviously. Like, why would she not? That's her... Hello? Not mutant power, but at least her mindset 24-7. She was trained by Cable, the king of guns. Right. Here's something I want to bring up because I brought it up to Justin and it's a little side theory I have and I just want to say it. So if you look at all of the five... And you look at their Hellfire Gala outfits, they all have a nod to the Phoenix on them in some way. And as the issue progresses here, we're getting the realization that Jean herself is not, not going to make it. And I am wondering if the Five are going to become some version of the Phoenix Five. And that was what was alluded to with their Hellfire looks all having phoenix emblems or you know just and and if you think about the fact that they all have this gold through line and you look at the original phoenix five costumes it's a very interesting connection and i am wondering if it shall play out in any way yeah well the phoenix has to pull itself together first as we are looking at the darkness of the room the white hot room is no longer white or hot yeah, I well, I said to Justin, "Is this page a page? Is this an ad? What is that?" This is a this is a dark and dismal picture of the white hot room. Trying to understand why it's not great. Well, I tried to sacrifice the phoenix to achieve dominionhood, and Doug is furious, yeah. slapping her cage. But you know, we're also trying to revive Jean, and it's not working. And then she utters her what are seemingly her last words now and forever and then we get this what well, looks like she's ascending in some way or something is dropping down to her but it looks more like something is shooting up out of the mountain oh yeah out of krakoa yeah out of the that section of krakoa in mm-hmm. the white hot room yeah interesting yeah I, I would imagine that this is going to be our entryway into x-men forever just the fact that she keeps on saying now and forever, now mm. and forever. I am Phoenix. Oh, man. Yeah, more oh, more dead X-Men set up. Right. And then also this idea that Enigma's fast forwarding to some future for Xavier that doesn't look so great. Right. 
Uh, I need to pinpoint the team and see that result somehow. Arachno Sentinels go guard where they're going. And this is the conversation that Mother Righteous is having. Can, can we do anything about this? You can't. He's going to see any attempt that you come at him with. It's yeah. going to end uh, poorly. This doesn't happen, which I think is interesting. Doesn't happen in this issue. We'll see. Is is this destined to happen if they did something else? Right. Does it happen ever? I don't know. As we get our first reveal of Xavier's secret plot. They're lying to Rachel and are planning to kill Moira with Rasputin. As part of the unknown final plan, this manipulation of Rasputin later on. Mm-hmm. But but our discussion, our telepathic discussion is interrupted because there's a giant skeleton sentinel outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love the characterization that we get for Rasputin here. It's, mm. it's probably the first bit that we really get of her as a character since coming here to the Krakoa and era. Mm-hmm. Outside of just, you know, I'm, I'm here. I love Krakoa. Well, she does also, I mean, I feel like a few times she's, she has expressed the sense of responsibility that like she holds on her shoulders and Mm -hmm. she must do this. And the way she slips out of the little no place portal and she says, but I am Rasputin 4. I was made for this. That close up of her eyes with the I was made for this. I love it. I live for it. I can't. It's so good. The four Krakoa, this whole thing is the post for the episode being up. Yeah, it's so good. And, you know, she's working. Slicing through these Sentinels, these Iron Man Sentinels. And then, and then... Diamond Doug. What? I literally... I read it, and I was like, wait, what? Why is he calling him Nathaniel? (laughs) That's what you said. That's what you said. Why is he calling him... No, I said, why is he talking to him like he's Nathaniel? Right, right. And... Then I yeah yes and then I said wait why is he calling him Nathaniel is he talking to is he talking to Enigma and then I was like no wait is he talking and to I himself flip or? back and and Justin goes did you not see the diamond on his head and I look back I and love I'm how like, you make me sound <laughs> I'm like wait what I'm flipping feverishly through the comic was that there the whole time no no it's only there that one instance okay so this so, sparks an endless array of questions in my mind sure let me hit you with some of them. Has Doug ever been resurrected on Krakoa? Has when did Sinister plant this in his mind? Has Sinister somehow resurrected a version of Doug and put the part of him that wasn't Xavier now in Doug? So Xavier is not being influenced by Sinister but now working with Sinister in Doug. And is this not the Doug that Krakoa saved? This is a clone of Doug. Yes, that part is that of all the things you just threw to start to peel it back, this is not Doug Prime. This is, we have four options for who this is. This is Cine Doug from Comic Extracts. This is Cypher, S-Y-P-H-E-R from Vaderino, or Sin Cypher from War Lion, oh. or Siphonister, which is mine. <laughs> Siphonister. I don't like any of it. Yeah, you laughed at Siphonister. And I, <laughs> Siphonister. I... I... No. Yeah. I mean, it explains the slapping of Mother Righteous's bubble and, just, and the just let's the, kill Moira as right, a baby and the, the, the tense quips. Right. Just how angry he seems. But so also, this is not our Doug. This is some other version of Doug that's been manipulated, created by Sinister. The way that he says, I think right here or later on, like, I could have gone in. I could have listened to 
the telepathic conversation, but that would reveal what else, what else I've... I've loaded into this clone. Right, right. So he doesn't just have Doug's powers. Oh, I'm not ready. I'm not okay. What is happening? Where's my Doug? Where's my real Doug? In Krakoa. Hiding under the ground or in the Kaiju Krakoa. Ugh. Anyway. <sighs> okay. Well, anyway, Rasputin needs an assist and they give it to her and she's ashamed to right. have even needed it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, th- that's, that's a great detail for this noble warrior from the future, mm-hmm. right? This, this is what she was created for. Literally, yes. To protect Krakoa. Do you get this whole like like the the tendrils latching on to points into another reality or outside of time and space so that they are kind of and and using those tendrils seemingly I don't know what's creating them. Right, I don't either. Seems like potentially whatever also created Mother Righteous's right bubble. Sure, because same energy signature. Mm-hmm. We are in something of a Krakoan organism. That's why Doug can communicate with it so fluidly. <sighs> now okay. the, the well, conversation between well Rachel's team successful they did it the they dead X Men did the thing they did their thing right and ugh the the conversation of when they're going to reveal what's going on and and will it be too late oh my gosh and just like yep just a word as I go through this thing like right. you're a liar I'm you're just dirty, gonna have a word scoundrel. with her as he goes to try and kill her so so. That's what she, what he's going away for right. right now, right? As something else happens. So he's going to have a word with Moira as she's about to have her power come mm-hmm. online. And then we have Moira in the battle. This is likely, you know, follow the House of X connection point. But that is Robot Moira because it doesn't look like Robot Moira. It's Robot Moira with the skin disguise that she has fabricated that she's so you know she hides it at some points and then she reveals it at others as to but this is her working with nimrod this is the x-men invasion this is the the fight against orcus as looks like she's about to get inside nimrod as a vehicle which is dope and suddenly sees something written in the sky as they don't Enigma win. wants to talk to Moira. Let's they don't talk. win. I do. I win. What? Fall of the House of X is our Krakoan. Whoa. What's wrong? What's your face? This might be the first time that I read an issue and thought that I fully understood it and then went back and did notes and was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what well, was making you think that? I mean, I just, there's just so many layers. There's like, so much. I, I took my time. I read it really slow. I was like, okay, I get it. I know what's going on, but I don't. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the issue itself. I love that it has twists and turns and drama, like Rachel not knowing Xavier's true plan. Doug's been a sinister this whole time. What? Can't process that one. Still still processing that. Um, the fact that Mother Righteous is there and we still don't yeah. know who this mysterious other member of the team is, but... I'm having a hard time believing that the idea to erase Krakoa is not the main idea. I can see how they would do that. How, like, the plan that they have to erase Krakoa would backfire and then they'd have to come up with another plan. But I don't love how it seems to be the thing that's pushing the narrative forward. I understand and I know that they wouldn't necessarily just give you the ending like that, but it still makes me feel icky 
every time I read it. Well, it is an option. Yeah, and I hate it as an yeah, option. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I would agree. So much, so many, so big, so complex in, in layers, in lies, the number of reveals trying to understand how it all connects, what it is that we are reading, what it is that we are experiencing. I love this for Rasputin, but I'm afraid she's going to die. No. Or go off. No. Or something. Get lost in a branch reality. I just got her. It feels like Mother Righteous is right and Enigma can't be defeated. He sees everything and makes his moves. Like, time is about to collapse, to be honest. You know? Like, the, mm-hmm. the what they're doing... The way that they're coming at this one person at multiple points in time. It's, yeah, but is gonna... erasing Krakoa really going to stop Enigma from existing? Yes, it would. Because Sinister would not build his Moira machine, which is what allowed Enigma to have the four Sinisters try their different Dominion attempts in different realities that exist. <sighs> Krakoa and Sinister in Krakoa is the reason why Enigma exists. Boo. For sure. Hiss. Siphonister. It it won. I saw your reaction. It won. It won in your heart, and I know it. One more summer, starting us off with powers never disappoints. Mm. It explodes your brain, and you have to put the pieces back together yourself because it doesn't do you any luxuries. Yeah, it's not. It's like, ha, ha, ha. I blew you up. Good luck. Yeah. Fabio Ciccone agrees. It was awesome. All caps. Galetta Grafico knows that Silva makes everything beautiful. Mm, yes. Ruvio Connor has hope for the big finish again. What a relief to have such a good issue. Edward III said it was just holy hell. That reveal, this is clear to be a front runner for my favorite Fall of X book. She's still reeling. I'm just not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sinister Doug is <laughs> really difficult for me to process. Sure. And what it means, what it could mean, what they could do with that. And honestly, how dare you even say that Rasputin is going to die? If I they're going to kill Rasputin and they're going to erase Krakoa, I'm going to need like a two month mourning period. I'm going to wear black every day. I'm going to wear a veil over my face. I'm just telling you, start now and, <laughs> and you'll be ready for when it actually happens. Let her die in your mind, uh, no, and you'll no, be prepared no. for when she dies on the page. I cannot. Kenny Arena thought it was unnecessarily confusing, and I kind of see what they're talking about. And, and, you know, it's so I think funny because I was—you said to me before I read the issue, you're like, "It's a brain explosion," and I was like, "Okay." And I sat down, and I felt—I felt so good when I read it. I was yeah. like, "Yeah, I feel great about this issue." And then I literally went back to it and started doing my notes, and I was like, "Wait, what? What, what did I actually read?" Yeah, I felt uh, you know it. I read it three times. Mm-hmm. The third time, and while doing notes, was really where everything started to mm-hmm. click, and I started to slow read the data pages, and I started to really place it, mm-hmm. and and especially afterwards, going through some of these questions. And Vaderino sent us a murder board. Oh yes, Vader so Reno. that'll be exciting to check out. Comic Extracts agrees that it was confusing. Who is Cineduck referring to when he talks? with Xavier about secrets. And I believe that's Rasputin finding out, right? That she is right. being used as this tool. Also, Cinedug sounds like Cinnabon, and now I want one. Mm. Which, yes, 
Uh, I'll take one too, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel also calling out Rachel being in the dark is odd. If true, it seems like an oversight. Isn't she a stronger telepath? Well, maybe she has some freaking morals. Right, sure, sure. And she's not spying on the people that are supposed to be her, she, yeah, her leader she's not just and listening to everybody this all ultimate the time. warrior, right? Right? I mean, I want Rachel to burn Charles Xavier <laughs> to the ground. Like, Find out that he lied to you and just destroy him. Because I don't think that Rachel necessarily would be like, well, she might be against, you know, the, the full destruction of Krakoa. But, like, sure. she also, I also feel like she understands the gravity the of the situation. Of yeah. And so, why are you lying to her? Right. That's Ascani. Right. This is You watch out now. You are not doing what Doug told you in Immortal right. X-Men. You are putting yourself first. You are the person that needs to solve it. Right. You're still doing it, Charles. You're still doing the thing. You've learned nothing, you silly, bald-headed man. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken hate him so much. Yeah. But also, re- remember that this is Charles with a, a sinister bend. Is it? Yeah, I, I would still say that it is. That so he- this is just so now we have Doug Sinister and Sinister Charles, and they're just sinisters together? And, and that's why, like, reading this, seeing that, you know... This I is a this is like, a dangerous and diabolical setup. I don't know. I feel like they went here and they extracted the sinister out of Charles and they put it into Doug. They never said that. So I don't I know. I didn't say they said that. I sure. said that's what I said. All right. Well, good for you. <laughs> JP Didomaso wants to know where the real Doug is. He's still missing. Also, Rasputin and Rachel are going to be mad at Xavier. I can't wait. Like, just team up and tear him down. Just kill him, murder him. I want to watch you decapitate him. I'd imagine that the real Doug is still in the ground in the Krakoan Island area or somehow, like, in Krakoa. Like, in. Get him out of there. In the same way that Team Supreme, you know, Doug used to have Warlock be a mech suit for him. Yeah, he's you think basically he's part of Krakoa. He could be inside, and we've seen in Powers of Ten the right. merge of the two and how that could easily be something that happened as a result. Then we'll have two Dugs. Where does where is Sinister getting a clone? That's the interesting part. Did he? That's have... what I'm saying. If he created this no place, then he might have already had this Doug clone. Sure. Or I mean, he's always had the ability to make clones, right? right. Ever since Hellions, ever since. The, the clones that he's been making in Bar Sinister and, and kind of his off-market clone operations that he has had. You can't trust him with anything. No. Gene Queens have no words to describe how exciting reading Rise of the Powers of X feels to the other books coming out right now. It's like everyone in it understands the stakes. Doug losing his cool, Charles accusing Rachel of being a bully, and in all of this, the best talking weapon in the Marvel Universe in a while. I hope Rasputin stays. I think that they're talking about Rasputin, the best talking weapon. Yes. Yeah. I mean, she's so polite and thoughtful. We read about chimeras a lot, and it's a matter of time before we all go counting chimeras in our social circle. (laughs) Rasputin is very now. I hope she survives this. I hope this book becomes an ongoing series. Surely there's an extra reality threat likely to crush the universe at any given time right can't we just have a universal crisis every month we aren't asking for every week it's not much (laughs) it's not much we just want rasputin to live and to have a purpose and challenge that keeps her on her toes i think it would be a really interesting story to see how she folds herself into society after all of this is over so do not kill her it's just 
She's got too much power. Justin. She's got too much power. She's I don't care much... for your rationalizations. <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> like, this is us. Carl's demands. WTF did Charles do to Doug for him to be possessed? I'm so mad, all yes, caps. Yes, Right? Because that is likely where whatever sinister clone, whatever influence, however they got right. Doug was. Well, that's why I asked, has, has Doug ever been resurrected on Krakoa? Because... In that instance, then I guess there could be Sinister could have infused some of his DNA into him, and this could have been the real Doug that actually sure, had some Sinister. Sure. But like, I don't know. Yeah, it's just really upsetting because not Doug, not Doug. Where's Where's Warlock? Yeah, Get him right. in here. Fix this problem, sir. Curl's also pointing out Rachel can't be too powerful for Dumb and Dumber to sneak behind her like this. Yeah, you know, the Charles mm-hmm. and Siphonister. I feel like she's just not. She's. Why would she think that they would be conspiring against her? Why would she think that Especially they would be lying to her? Like when, when they have is, all the cards on the table, right? right. And they this need... is like the last ditch effort team. Yeah. This is this is a team that's supposed to be honest the with each fate other. Of the universe and, right. On so you. why would she assume that someone would be lying to her? Right. Like right. she's know. a scanny, you know. She can see all of the threads. <laughs> well, she better open her eyes. <laughs> Frederick Alec Fraser agrees. Sinister and a Doug clone? He's hoping. Here's hoping Chuck tells Rachel the whole truth. No, I don't think he's going to, but I think she's going to find out and she's going to be mad. I mean, how is, how is she not going to find out when he comes back? And Right, because he's not ever going to come back. That's the thing. You don't think so? How can he come back from, like... Uh, I mean... If he... Right. Here's I, a time travel shenanigan brand explosion. Sure. Yeah, if yeah, he yeah. goes back and he kills Moira... Yep. And... Krakoa never happens. The instance of the, him being created to be able to do all that. How can the no place which they created itself, yep. through K- Krakoa? Yep. You know, it's like they're all gonna like disintegrate away. Well, that's that's the part. Or of, not because or, now they're already outside time and space. Right. Exactly. That's the the question of would they be fine in this no place outside time and space preserved somehow? God, and, I hate it. And the same thing with. The ones in the wet hot room because they are outside time and space. I just figured it out. I just figured out why I hate time travel shenanigans so much. Because everybody can make their own rules yep. with time travel. So Because it's not real. There's no way. Don't say that. You don't know. Sure, I guess. <laughs> there's no way. It has not been proven. To predict the outcome because any writer can finagle it in any way. So you can't make sense of what it's going to be because you don't know you don't know what where they're, they're going to do and i hate that yes show me the vaderino murder board not yet Ugh. my gloves my i carry did not have sinister doug on his bingo card no i don't even know my own feelings about what is happening with the future x-men i need an adult for the fall of x i truly find believe one, let me know. this is a series that will be a good binge and I agree mm. that like this building to the the massive size that it's already. Yeah, you might need to do up. like a start to a finish retrospective. Reread. Yeah, <sighs> Taylor, the bookster boy, trying to decide if Doug is sinisterized or is sinister. What about Xavier? Right. That's so, what I'm saying. Right. I, I feel like he has to have it still in his head. He has to still be the Xavier that we were reading in Immortal because this is still Kieran, and that was. An idea I know, that he I just, introduced. It's just the idea that he extracted Sinister out of himself. How do you and do him, that? I don't know. How Sinister he, could do whatever the heck he wants. Forge couldn't even get that to work reliably, and he was there. You know, like Xavier on his own doing but that. It's Sin- but Sinister did it. 
because mm. he wanted his own agency because he was afraid Charles was going to kill him. Yeah, sure. The Pikachu wonders what other powers Sinister has loaded into this Doug. Mm. I would imagine Wolverine of some kind. Blech. You know, a healing factor of some kind. Okay, a healing factor. I'll take it. What, you just, you... I just was like, we don't need another claw wielding. Yeah, no, it's the heal. Bub. It's the fact that Rasputin has it too, you know. Yeah, I know. The healing factor. And I, I do. But she has Laura's healing factor. Yeah, that's a Wolverine of some kind. Logan's. I don't care which. You can. It can be Fangs, you know. <laughs> Get him back into relevance. That's fine. Uh, I would imagine some kind of offensive offensive weapon mm. some ability to project energy or an explosion or something yeah uh, maybe you know i think doug is a great starter right set and especially with the communication with krakoa and to be able to manipulate krakoa in See, that way i feel like though with a choice of doug as your clone what you're looking for is stealth and not flash sure. right so like domino Right. Like, I feel like you want powers that are going to help you be stealthy. So, yeah, Domino would be good. Maybe Danny's powers in some way, like mind manipulation. Mm. Because, wait, what does he say? He says... He said, he said I could have peeked in to the telepathic conversation or something along those lines, but then you would see what else I have loaded. So maybe he also has telepathy, which everybody right. in the room does. Right. So he's so there's telepathy, but then yeah, I just feel like we have to think about who has the the stealthy powers. Yeah. John's comics with bringing up the heartbreaking question, asking, "Is Marvel going to get rid of Rasputin after this ends?" I will not answer this question. I cannot stomach this. We I cannot, cannot imagine a world where Rasputin no longer lives. We just got her after all these years waiting. I literally thought you were just gonna say, "I cannot imagine a world where Rasputin lives." <laughs> lives through this and i was like don't <laughs> say that i mean i would be wildly surprised personally i hate it uh, she's on my wall she must live forever now she will live forever in the issues that you have read and in your heart and in the cosplay i create and in the cosplay you create yes vaderino has to admit they got me first i didn't even consider mother righteous being the fifth member then to see that Sinister was actually in a Cypher clone body, I was feeling like Cypher seemed off. So this is a perfect mm -hmm. Cypher. Yes. S-Y-P-H-E-R, if you will. And I guess this is a more general question about where we are in the plot. Behold, my murder board. So we're going to take a pause for a second and look at that. This is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my whole <laughs> life. <laughs> It's so many layers. Yeah, see, exactly this part. Moira's second life destiny tells her she can have 11 lives if she makes the right choice. What is the right choice? It's whatever Enigma is offering her. That's how she gets to do it again. Sure. That's what he was saying, unless she wants to make a different choice. Huh. Because I feel like, especially at the end of this issue, I don't think Enigma's offering her to... Well then, how? But like, also, how could he? How could he offer her another chance at life? Does that erase his existence, or no? I'm gonna include what Michael, what Vitorino said. We have tons of separate timelines happening, and it's fun to sort this out. Basically, imagine each individual group as having their own perspective of time. 
those outside of time and space can interact anywhere along the linear timeline of the main 616 and its Moira engine offshoots. The key takeaway here is that we now have multiple forces converging on one key moment in time, just before Moira gets her powers. Xavier and Rasputin are going to kill her, Moira from Dead X-Men issue 1, and Enigma, who I, I believe is now like went to that point, saw that point, and now is closer to our, our now, our fall of X now, the let's talk, which but I feel like Vitorino does include in the... Right. Map. I also feel like he's trying to tell her that these people are trying to go, like, destroy her timeline. Or, so... or like, can you, can he have her join him somehow? Can... I don't... Can she join the part of Dominion that he is? I don't understand how that works. Well, you're not supposed to understand because they want to explode your brain into tiny pieces. Well, there and make you, you go. Cry. Furious wants to know how can anyone explain why they have to get to Moira as a tween to kill her? And I, I want to point mm -hmm. that before we go a little bit further into his comments, but. They want to kill her before her mutant power activates. Right. So that she cannot, it's not a reset of the timeline. Right. It is just stopping her from getting her power and going to Charles and doing all of the things if, that lead up to. If they kill her after she gets her powers, the universe would potentially be defunct or whatever happens when she dies in a universe. We don't they know. They can't do it because they cannot erase all that continuity. They just can't. There's so much asked of the person doing the killing emotionally to confront Moira and all that that involves. Even for Asputin, beyond the fact that she's killing a kid effectively, as Moira meant something to her in the future, good or bad. Let's not even touch the complexity of how Charles feels about her, which is a good point. You right. know, like their relationship over the past. But only Charles went. Right, right. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So Rasputin is not responsible it's, for killing it's her. It's just Charles. It's just Charles. We risk all that fright for a tricky killing moment why not go back and kill her parents or prevent them from ever meeting by moving one to i don't know outback australia why can't telepaths think laterally like this aside from the go back in time to kill a kid trope add me to the rasputin fan club she's a part laura kinney chimera right well mm -hmm. doug wants to be careful <laughs> that he doesn't have adamantium holes in his tongue one day soon. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah. Ugh. I, I love Rasputin. She's the best. The, the complexity of why they're going and doing what they're doing, I think, is because of the power. Right? right. But it's a good point to Furious's suggestion. Why not do something that would prevent Moira from ever, ever coming to be? And would that, especially if they're going to, if Xavier's going to kill her. What does mm -hmm. that mean for his life going forward? How does that impact? Yeah, well, they're they, they don't know what they're doing. Like messing. If you kill Moira, sure. if you kill Moira, regardless, so much changes. Not just Krakoa. Krakoa. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. If she plays such a role in X Men continuity that it if would, she doesn't exist, there's so much. Like what happened? It would basically Banshee's be story changes insanely. Like, it would basically be her first life because she would live a human life and not have gone and impacted all these different things or like been a geneticist or all these. You know, mm. she would have a replay of what was her first life. So we have to go back and look at the timeline and see what happened in the, the first life of Moira X. Nothing. She's on a farm, you know? Yeah, but what happened to the X-Men? That's true. I don't think it tells you. 
right, right. Because it's from her perspective, so it wouldn't. War Lions shouting out Sin Cipher, loving it. Hanas is also wondering the approach, right? Mm-hmm. If we're if we're going to do this tomorrow, why not do something else? Why right. not why not affect Stop her parents? Her from... Why not you know do something a little? The fact that we're talking about killing a kid is super duper evil, you know. And and are there other ways that we can? Divert around this. I feel like that's part of the conversation. Not just a kid. Sure. Okay. Sure. In her right. tenth life, she has. That's a great she, her point. Her physical form is a child. Sure. But her mental form is it's a like person a who has lived old nine lives yeah. already. That's a so, great point. She's not a kid. She's not a kid. She physically looks like a child, but she is not a kid by any means at this point in time, because she she remembers. She knows everything. She's plotting the steps of her life. So, if you. If you take her out as a baby, does that just reset? Like, if you take her out as a baby, like, in in the womb or whatever, in her tenth life, her ninth life, she was still a mutant and therefore would still find a way to reset. It's mm. like a weird paradox, right? Yeah. She'd be born some way because her mutant power from her ninth life still exists. So what you have to do is... Have her 10th life start and then cut it off before it becomes a mutant 10th life. Interesting. I don't know. Time travel shenanigans. Time travel shenanigans I make for the rules. sure. Uh, he lo- Anas loves how the Dominion has this obsession with Grey Summers and Xavier family lines, right? And, and just the key players here are the key players that have always been in this conversation. The, uh, the geneticist work that... Sinister did as Milbury, all, all the historical work and connections between these mm-hmm. families. That's that's just, it's so much, right? It's how do you feel? Do you feel good? Was this, was this good? I, are you just thinking about now that I keep on bringing up? Rescue Don't and- say it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like. So now you're telling me. If I want to keep Krakoa mm-hmm. in existence, to have existed, I'm probably going to have to lose Rasputin and, and that's a, that's like, a, what is it, Sophie's Choice? Ugh. I don't know. I, I, I'm I not lying when I said that I really felt good about this issue when I first read it and now I just feel, I don't, <laughs> I just feel a lot of things. I feel confusion. I feel anger. I feel scared. You'll have to listen to the episode after I, I post it. Uh, it's not that I don't understand it. Right, I feel, right, right. I feel like I understand feelings. I just don't like, okay, let's say it like this. From a perspective of uh, like, I guess like critiquing a comic, I mm-hmm. think it's a great comic and I like it. From perspective of a fan, I don't like where it's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not comfortable with this. It's a no for me, dog. I'm scared. Yeah. But in the best way, you know, yeah. like in the way that a, a story should pull at your every whim and emotion. But I just, I. Yeah. Uh. Well, don't think about that. Think about what's coming next week. Well, what is coming next week? So many books. Oh, no. What do you mean so many books? Cable number two. Okay. Wolverine number 44. Yeah. Invincible Iron Man number 15. Okay. Dead X-Men number two. Okay. Resurrection of Magneto number two. That's enough slices. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess, you know, Women of Marvel oh, 2024. That's, yeah, that's good though. Yeah. And I'm going to get Spider-Man 
but yeah. You know. That's too many books. Yeah, sure. Especially for one a book. Really for one good, week. Yeah. like two books. I love it. One digi. It's been so nice. One two punch. With a little side. Okay. All right. So many books. Get excited. Get confused. Get enigma. Get heartbroken. That's the new slogan Get for heartbroken. X Men twenty twenty four. Get heartbroken. For Krakoa. Blech. Until next time, old friend. Charles, where are you, you annoying little man? You dirty man. <laughs>